Today, we're trying to tackle the Vikings cornerback problem, draft, free agency, Jalen Ramsey, and all kinds of other wacky, zany stuff. It's Twitter Wednesday on the Locked on Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three, you liked it! You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. You can also find the show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Good to be back. Uh, filling in. For those who were missing a show on Monday or Tuesday, if you missed it, I was out of town. Uh, so we're back, and I figure what better way to catch up on anything that I missed, which admittedly is not that much Vikings-wise, some wild stuff going on elsewhere in the league, uh, but that's a, a topic for Locked On NFL. Um, some crazy quotes that were kind of interesting. Uh, talked about that a little bit on the Minnesota Football Party on the Locked On Minnesota Sports podcast feed. Go check that out if you're interested. Um for me, I figured let's just see what people want to know, and I'll answer your questions. So it is a mailbag kind of day. If you have questions for me, you can send them to me whenever, but I usually get the, the majority of them when I put out the call on Mondays uh, at Luke Braun NFL. You can also send them to, at Locked On Vikings. Send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. Leave a YouTube comment or uh, fill out the Google form in the show notes. But let's dive in. Got a bunch of cornerback questions. So we'll go through those first. And the first one comes from Mirgondo, who knows ball, who says Jalen Ramsey, Viking. <laughs> um, so my answer to this with pretty much any corner is going to be sure. Uh, it's not going to be very difficult to talk me into a solution at corner because the Vikings need to do so. I mean, they, they need to fill out that room with enough able-bodied humans. <laughs> But they also need starters, and if you believe that the young guys on their roster are already starters, then they need depth. They probably need competition for those guys, which means they need starting quality guys, which means they need starters. Um, Jalen Ramsey, I think, would be able to do it. I think he can still play. Uh, I think he gets... He like got so overrated that he became underrated, I guess, would be my take on Jalen Ramsey, that that maybe he was a little overrated sometimes, but people got so crazy about that, that now like people think he's like totally washed. And I still think he can play his contract. Should we inherit it would mean that he costs us 17 mil on the cap, which is like a really great value. Obviously adding a $17 million cap charge with our cap situation is difficult, but certainly doable. Go check out all of my cap materials. Uh, the, how to, save the cap without cutting anybody episode of this show, as well as the one about Thielen and Harrison Smith and on patreon.com slash Luke Brown NFL. There's a video about counting beans uh, that's in the football 201 section. Um, that's like a salary cap explainer and you'll get how the Vikings can do that. So I think they can totally swing that. That said, he only has $5 million of his deal guaranteed. He's got three years left on it. Um, and on March 19th, a whole bunch more of that becomes guaranteed. So I would guess, I, I think you can make a restructure out of this uh, and try to 
sort of retool that contract. And I think Ramsey would want to as well because he has functionally no guarantees after 2023. You could have him here for this year and then cut him. And that seems like a situation he wouldn't want to be a part of. So I, I think it's doable. And then it just comes down to draft compensation, which with that contract and with Jalen Ramsey and, and being, you know, 29 years old, I have no idea how that would work out. And I don't know what the Rams are looking for. So I, I can't really speak to that. Um, but I, I think it's as viable as anything. But what I'll say about this is when it comes to free agents and draft picks and guys out there, never get attached to one name because one, they're, they're, one name is to you is one of 60 to a team. Um, you can kind of see this in the way that people report, especially like the way Darren Wilson reports free agency, which I love. Um, but he'll tell you, hey, they called this guy, they called that guy, he'll throw out names and stuff. And I think we'll often like hear that. And he has like a lower threshold for how far along that process needs to be before he'll say it out loud. Like all the other beat writers will wait till there's like real steam to be like, hmm, Vikings in talks with so and so. Uh will do it if they like called his agent and they were like, Hey, you want to talk on Tuesday about maybe setting up a meeting to talk about the contract? It's like, yeah, sure, I don't, let's get sushi. And like that's it. Um, but there's a difference between genuine steam and agreed to get sushi with the agent. So don't get crazy about whatever names get reported. And hey, if you if you strike out on Jalen Ramsey and then you strike out on a, on another corner and you strike out on the other corner, they, they'll get a corner. It's going to be someone. Uh, if they go into the draft with no cornerbacks, we can be mad. But they'll get there will be someone. Uh, and whoever that guy is, then we'll, we'll evaluate that then. But I tend to, and I know during free agency, I'm going to get a lot of DMs and questions about like, what are they doing? Where are the, the corners are all getting s- snapped up? Where are all the corners going? Uh, they'll get someone. I, I don't know who it'll be. It might not be a guy you've even thought about before. Uh, and maybe it will be a guy you've thought about before. But whoever it is, I typically like to wait till after it happens to go too deep on it. Um, but Jalen Ramsey is an interesting idea nonetheless. I have no idea what that compensation would look like. Eric the Red asks, what would be a more valuable addition to our roster given our new defensive scheme and current personnel? One elite shutdown corner or two moderately above average corners? So both of these are, especially if you're talking about the draft, both of these are like pretty high lofty goals in one offseason. And that's sort of been my gripe with corner is that like the, the real answer to this is that like, that's why I'm saying like they need to be in, in desperation mode with corner because a regular offseason ain't going to cut it. And there is, I would say the odds on favorite is Vikings cornerback is a problem in 2023 and it just like harms their season <laughs> and, then, and they have to spend multiple years to fix this. You, you know, this, this kind of thing is a Rome ain't built in a day kind of deal, but if I get to choose between one elite, you know, Darrell Revis, I, if it's a Darrell Revis, if it's a guy that can be Meg all day, shut down the league's superstars all day long, that's probably like that's that's maybe the most valuable thing in the league that isn't a quarterback. Um, but if we're just talking about you know Sauce Gardner or two Kobe Bryant's, um. Then I think I go with the two Kobe Bryant's because famously secondary is a weak link system. You'll you'll hear uh, analytics people say that all the time where it's kind of about like whoever your worst guy is, is the guy that's going to make the most impact. And so raising your floor does more than raising your ceiling. However, 
I don't think that that accounts for the kind of special outlier type guys. If you get a Darrell Revis, he, by like his very nature, raises your floor. Because when you have, or 2017 Rhodes was the, the big example of this, because when he can shut down one guy, it essentially allows you to, to put all your other resource, all of your resources to the other side of the field. You can put him isolated on the backside of a play, and then everything else can be uh, flooded over to the front side of the play, and everyone else's job gets easier. So he kind of, he, your ceiling gets so high, it raises your floor for you. Uh, and as weak link a system as cornerback is, that, that's going to be more valuable. But in most cases, it's going to be the two guys. Uh, Ruben Frost says, looks like there's a bunch of CBs with late first potential. Likely, Quasi plays the odds and tries to trade down to get the last of that tier while recouping draft capital. Very likely. I mean, he's Quasi. He's a, what did he say? Like, don't trade with a trader after the draft? He's a Wall Street guy. He's going to do all the trades. Uh, I, I, I can't stop thinking about, like, last year in the draft, the Vikings did not select at any of the picks they entered the draft with. They moved everything up or down or something. They moved all of it. Uh, so we're going to see lots and lots of trades. And I like that. I think if nothing else, it's fun, right? It's fun to, to watch them bounce up and down the board. You kind of are always in because maybe they'll trade up to this pick. And as soon as they're up, you know, maybe they'll trade down. And now we got to look at what that is. Uh, I think it's fun. And also, I think for the most part, he he got pretty good value. Got a, a little stiffed by the Lions in the first trade. But then I, I think he got pretty good value. Um, so yes, I think he's definitely going to trade, but that's also like kind of part of it, it. It really depends on who drops. I think the three top three corners right now are, uh, Keely Ringo out of Georgia, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon and Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. That seems to be the three guys. There's other dudes There's Joey Porter jr. There's, um, gosh, I the other names are escaping me, but there's like a lot of corners kind of deep in this draft in the sort of middle band third roundish range. But I, I think you could go picking one in the first round does not preclude you from picking another. It's not one of those things like getting a running back where, oh, you can just get the same guy. Like, no, we need both. We need all of it. Uh, so I do kind of want them to still take a stab at that top range of corners. But then there's also the top range of wide receivers, too. And if they do that instead, there's there's an argument to be made there. Um, I, th I think the likelihood that there's more than one guy that the Vikings would be willing to take at 23 are available at 23 is really high. And I think if that's true, I think Quasi trades. So I think this is a this is a pretty good outcome to like favor. Um look, I have, I have so many more questions to get to. We're gonna have to blister through some of these, and I'm sorry if I don't get to all of you. But you guys are so into the mailbag. I love it. Um, we'll get there. But first, let me talk to you about America's number one sports book. You can start uh grambling on the draft. You can bet on who the first at every position is off the board. First overall, is it going to be CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or one of the D linemen? Um, in a way, that's kind of like predicting whether or not the Bears will trade. I, for me, as a Vikings fan, wishing ill upon the Bears, my favorite thing would be if they stayed and picked one of the defensive linemen, who would be a great disruptive force. Nothing against those guys. But if they pick like CJ Stroud and then like trade fields away, I think that's really good for them, and I would hate it. <laughs> and if they trade down, obviously that's going to help them build around fields a little better than they have in the past, and I would hate that too. I would love if they just like stood there, picked, and like took an edge rusher. <laughs> but whatever you think might happen, or you can bet on the NBA or NHL, 
You can find it all at FanDuel. And if you're new, that's great because you can get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just get the FanDuel Sports app, which is safe, secure, it's super easy to use, and you can bet on whatever you fancy. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Let's keep it rolling here. Walters asks, who is your draft crush right now? Um, error 404, draft crush not found. I'm still pretty shallow into it, all right? It is currently the wee hours of March 1st as I record this. Uh, so I, I have not been at it all that long, and I'm going to be slow with it. I don't need to get to every prospect. Um, I'm, I'm going to take my time, and I'd rather get guys right than get more guys. But I mean, of the, can I say CJ Stroud? But he's like everybody's draft crush. So that's like super lame. Um, I just finished today watching Jordan Addison. I like him a lot. Um, I like Christian Gonzalez, but not for the Vikings. Like, I love him going to just Sean decide to sign with the Eagles. I love him there or with the Seahawks, uh, like somewhere that plays a little bit more matchy matchy zone three. But I don't think. I haven't found that guy yet. It might be Devin Witherspoon. I'm I'm waiting to get Devin Witherspoon. Uh, if you have send me your Illinois tape, please. Um, let me get back to you on this one. I don't I don't I don't have him yet. Swede Skull asks: If we bring back Bradbury at center, do we expect Cleveland and Ingram to improve enough at guard to fix the amount of pressures given up? Okay. So the amount of pressures giving up, I think, might be a facet. I got to see what, like, what the time to throw was. But the average time to throw, I mean, you, we all know the mathematical problem with averages, and that's what displays on like PFF's website. But it feels to me like they did a lot more deep stuff, a lot more, uh, or and, and a lot more intermediate stuff. They did not have much for quick game, and that was refreshing because like the Kubiak offense used too much quick game. Um, same with like the DeFilippo offense to use too much quick game and it, and it was sort of suffocated. Um, but I think if we're talking about like problems with the offense, yeah, I guess the interior line's the worst one, but it feels surmountable. Uh, and no, I don't, I think Ed Ingram can get better. I mean, he's a rookie guard, right? Like interior linemen tend to get better in year two or three. Um, so that we can probably pencil in as like an expectation. And if it doesn't happen, we get to be disappointed about that. Ezra Cleveland has gotten steadily better every year. So sure, another nice tiny little step for him. Um, not sure what you would expect from Bradbury, but I do think that the opportunity to improve is there. Uh, I mean, he's not going to get an extension without hitting the market. So this is what I've always said about Bradbury. He's, he's going to hit the market. And then once he's hit the market, Options are available. You could bring back Bradbury, but at that point, it's just as convenient to sign Connor McGovern. And if he's a million more a year, so be it. Maybe you like Connor McGovern more. Um, maybe you want to draft somebody. Maybe you want to take the kid out of out of uh, U of M, trade down into the middle of the second round, get a whole bunch of picks in the second and third round, get two corners and the, and the U of M center. Like you could do all that. Uh, there's a lot of options. And Bradbury is not the most convenient one unless you are extending him before he walks, before he hits the free agent market. And I just don't think that that's the way that this situation plays out. Um, so maybe they can get better there. But yeah, I, I think there is an argument to expect a little improvement from either guard, be it just because of youth or because of Cleveland's trajectory. And I think if you want to get better at center, then you can go get another name. 
Jeff Douglas asks, listened to your pod comparing Bijan Robinson to Dalvin Cook. That was uh, the the last show that I did, the, the Friday show. Uh, said, what's your thought if the running back drafted comes on day two to three? Way more sympathetic to that. Yes, that's exactly what I was getting at. So the the point of, of Bijan Robinson, I, I think the, the way that people argue this to me is you're cutting Dalvin Cook because you want to save money and you're replacing him with Bijan Robinson in the first round. But as I always say on Lockdown Vikings, two kinds of currency, right? There's there's cap and there's draft capital. Those are both resources, and both of them need to be used efficiently. So saving the money that Dalvin Cook would save, which is like six mil this year, and then it's a whole bunch of money next year, but none of it was guaranteed. Um, saving that money is m- modest. Yeah, it's saving six mil. That helps. Uh, but spending a first round pick to save six mil not so much. Spending a third round pick to save six mil is a little more palatable, but maybe still steep. Spending a fourth round pick to save six mil, I actually super support that. And if I were to pick an odds-on favorite outcome, I would probably say it's that, that the Vikings cut Dalvin Cook, save a little cap space, draft his replacement uh, in the middle of the draft-ish, and have that guy split time with Ty Chandler and Ken Wongu. Similarly, Kurt asks, is there room on Dalvin Cook's contract for a restructure? I hear cut or trade a lot, but haven't heard a lot of talk about restructuring or extending him to bring the hit down. Oh, yeah, uh, trade is also great, too, um, if, assuming you can find a trade partner, but I'm just, like, not taking that for granted. Uh, the restructure of Dalvin Cook's contract is fine. You can save, I think, a decent amount doing it. Just on, like, the raw restructure, you actually can save 6.2 mil, but the problem is that he then becomes a much more difficult cut next year. And you kind of don't, you, you, you keep yourself kind of stapled to him. Um, but you can do it, sure. And you honestly save just about as much money as you save by cutting him. But it, it's a little less kind to 2024 because not only do you incur more dead cap and kick that can down the road, he has an 18 million, $18.9 million cap number, or sorry, a $15 million cap number that would turn into a, a $19 million cap number next year. And that $19 million cap number would be that much harder to cut because you just put a whole bunch of prorated bonus into that year. Um, so I'm not really into it with... Uh, with restructuring Dalvin per se, I, I make a choice on him. Is he a running back or not? If he's a running back, then keep him, restructure him, do whatever, uh, make him your guy. But if, if you're not doing the bell cow thing with him, then let it go. <laughs> and, you know, just toss a fifth rounder at this and get Mo Ibrahim and move on. Ryder Jensen asks, so with the small extension of the cut date on the Tomlinson contract, is it a lock that he's back next year? I wouldn't say a lock. Um, it's very likely, and it's very clear that the Vikings want him back, but do they work out a deal? Does Dalvin Tomlinson want to come back as bad? I mean, clearly Tomlinson does want to work out a deal too. Otherwise he wouldn't have agreed to push that date back. That's something both parties had to agree to. So seems like they're both interested, but obviously money is king. Um, I have a ton more questions here. One more. Kenneth John Bailey says, do we keep Mullins as a backup or do we go after someone like Wentz to backup cousins? I feel like I just, I feel like I, I need to say, I don't seriously want Carson Wentz, guys. People on Twitter thought that was a serious tweet. I'm just saying everybody's a Viking because it's the meme. Uh, no, Carson Wentz is is not a, I, I don't think is a better idea than Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins did a good job as a backup, and he did a good job with the 
as far as I understand, as, with the backup duties that a backup actually does, the kind of preparation being halfway a QB coach, the backup quarterback is on an NFL team. It's like what your job really is. And then sometimes you're an insurance policy. I'm, I'm down to uh, bring Nick Mullins back and, and, and keep it rolling. I'll get to as many of your questions as I possibly can. So we're going to keep it going here on the Locked on Vikings podcast. Next question on Twitter Wednesday here on Lockdown Vikings comes from Cho, who says, when do we get to abolish the phrase kicking the can down the road? I hear it a hundred times a day now, and my head is going to explode. Uh, you can't keep kicking down the kicking the can down the road as a belief doesn't make sense. Does the road end? Will the can disintegrate? Did you get hit by a car? <laughs> the analogy has equal amounts of logic and truth. Love the rant. Um, and I agree. I Kicking the can down the road, here's the deal. It's like yes and no. The idea of deferring the inevitable is annoying to a lot of people, but this is not your personal finances. This isn't making minimum payments on a credit card and having the interest grow on you. When you restructure contracts and do void years and all of that stuff, the the number, the threshold here is, did you push more into the year than what you're paying off now um, in terms of like prorated bonus and all that stuff? Are you paying the debt down? And I think we get kind of crazy about if you have, you know, $50 million over the cap you have to make. And, and to do that, you have to push a whole bunch down the road such that next year you're going to have to make $30 million in cap space. Um, as long as that goes down, you're doing OK. But if you're 40 becomes 50 becomes 60 becomes 70, then you're doing too much. And eventually, you know, you're going to hit a tipping point where you have to do like what the Bears did. Um but as long as that debt keeps getting paid down and that next year looks okay, then we're going to be all right. And the thing about it is by the time the league year turns over, the Vikings are going to have like 40 million next year to work with of 2024 cap that they, they can then commit to free agents and essentially participate willy nilly in free agency just by kind of using next year's money. This year, they're 24 mil over the cap, and very little of it is tied up in prorated bonus, except with like Daniil Hunter in particular. Everybody else is like really fungible. So how much money of that is fungible is the important thing. That's that's the kicking the can down the road thing. Um, but yeah, the other thing is the road never ends, and it continues to get wider. The cap keeps moving up. So if you take $100 from next year and put it into this year, that $100 was a lower percentage of next year than it was this year, and therefore it's more valuable to this year. So kind of doing the restructure thing to borrow money from when the cap's going to go up to use it right now is like there's a value in it. There's an efficiency in it. Um, but unless, you know, we get to a point where everybody's just got a, all your prorated bonus, be, triples, if we hit a triple word score on prorated bonus, everybody will be in a lot of trouble. Uh, Get Quacken says, what is the most you would be willing to give up to move up for a quarterback in, uh, in the draft, I, I presume. I, I said it on the Anthony Richardson show. <sighs> this year's first and next year's first. You know, move up from 23 to 10 at the cost of next year's first, or to 12, I think is was the one, the, the trade I, I came up with. Um, that seems good, if that's the deal the Texans would take. And by most trade charts, they would. I know it's different with a quarterback, though, so maybe you have to give up more than that. So, like... A first, like 2387, and next year's first to go up and get a quarterback. That's probably it. That's probably as far as I go. Human Participant asks Can you explain the player profile we're looking for at defensive tackle, including variations defensive end and outside linebacker? 
Um, I'll go over the sort of just for the sake of time, I'll go over the, uh, the, the common threads. You're looking for explosion. You're looking for somebody who's good at stunts and somebody who can win one-on-ones on the interior at all of those positions. Um, we want a little bit more speed, I think, which makes the whole Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, Kyrie's Tonga, that trio right now is a really interesting group of people because they're not fast boys. They're big boys. Um, but all of those pass rushers are... I think it's important that they can cover gaps very quickly, whether you see that as the the like 10 split kind of speed or whether it's like short shuttle kind of speed, whatever you think measures that, um, that explosion is going to be really important. That sort of short area f- speed. I don't even want to say quickness because it's not like a route running thing. You do have to cover like several yards of distance, um, but that's going to be really important. And then of course, just like pass rushing prowess, but otherwise, I, I don't know. And Hewitt participant says, like, I'm lost and I need an adult because of the 4 3 to 3 4 switch. So if you're confused there, forget the 3 4 4 3 thing. Brian Flores, A, Brian Flores uses both. So it's like totally moot. If you can do one, we use that. If you can do the other, we also use that. Um, but also, it's, it's, it's old words. It's you, you're, you're talking about. 1995 terminology here. Um, you, you might as well be calling it 72 or like 989 skinny post to Michael Irvin. Like this is outdated. The, I guess the thesis of this Brian Flores defense is whatever you can do. We'll, we've, we've got a tool in there for you to do it. Um, so I guess you're looking for specialization. I want dudes that are great at something, whatever that something is, we'll figure it out. But we want dudes who are awesome at something, maybe awesome at many things. Maybe you can be versatile too. And versatility is kind of one of those things you can be great at, but it's give me somebody with, with something that they rule at like Aziz Ojolari makes is comes to mind from a couple of drafts ago where he was like really good at cross chop around the edge. Okay. We can work with that. You know, like unique and Gakwe kind of stuff. Horns and Hoops asks, is AP a generational running back talent? <laughs> oh, Peter. Uh, so this comes from Peter Bukowski. My my colleague at, at Locked On Packers had a bad take, and he got drilled for it. He knows, all right? He's He's been talks down uh, that Adrian Peterson was not a generational running back prospect. That's an insane take. Uh, there was a, I think, like a pardon the interruption segment that year that was like, should we let high schoolers go out for the NFL because of this guy? Like, he just he broke everything. And he fell a little bit in the draft because of injury, which I guess you could be like, but he went seventh and being injured was part of him, like, quote unquote, as a prospect. And you could be like, you could weasel out of it that way, but it would be super lame. Um, that, there, there's your escape hatch, by the way. That's what I was referring to, Peter, if you're listening. Uh, but yes, Adrian Peterson was a generational running back talent. Watch the history, Doc. Uh, the Mad says, what's up with Void Year? Void Years, I feel like they popped up a couple of years ago, but could be wrong. Uh, are they a part of the CBA or just some smart trick GMs figured out? So I, they've been part of the CBA. It's not that, That's not new. Um, but they are a lot more popular right now because the cap is exploding a lot. I, the reason is the new TV deal. Because the cap is exploding so much, it goes in two years, the cap raised by like 25%. Like, that's a a, a game-breaking amount. 
which means borrowing from those inflated years has that efficiency that I talked about earlier in the show. And void years are an insanely aggressive way to do that, but that insane aggression is efficient now. It's actually, it's it's a lot more, um, there, there's a lot more meat on that bone and it's a less crazy feeling thing. So it's become more popular. That's my theory to this, but I'd be open to hearing other ideas. Adam Peretz asks, how are draft picks and where a player is taken correlated to their future performance slash likelihood to pan out in the league? Um, so for this, Adam, I would point you to various draft charts. This is a very vague thing, right? This is going to be, I mean, this is the zoomed out of zoomed out questions. So you're never going to be able to get specifics, but there are several draft charts. There's the old school Jimmy Johnson one that he used to do like the Herschel Walker trade and stuff. Most people agree that's pretty outdated. There are a lot of versions of like, I'll call them the nerd charts, the analytic charts. This is probably closer to what Quasi uses. Um, these are ones that you can find like the Spielberger Fitzgerald one that's based off of like uh, the like how much money that that draft pick makes and like value over that. Um, there's like, I think there's a PFF version that's very similar that's more based on like how these picks tend to turn out versus the money that they cost. Um, there's a Harvard version that is a, a little old, but gets the gist across. That's based on just like where you get the best players. Um, there's the rich Hill version, which is what I usually use when I'm trying to project draft trades because it's based on trades that have previously happened. So I think it better, um, approximates the trading market, like how much it actually costs to move up. So depending on what you're looking at, you, you kind of can use these trade charts to say, okay, how much does it cost to move from, you know, 50 to 25? Can I, can I do that for a third round pick or is that not real or what? You can answer those questions on that. It's a good tool to help orient yourself on the, on what it's like to move up and down the board. Ken Levin does, well, let's say this is the last one says not Vikings related, but I want to get into looking at draft prospects before the draft and have better judgment on a player. Unfortunately, I don't know where to find all 22 film tapes. Where do you find them? Uh, to find all 22 of college. It's a little bit wonky because there isn't like a game pass for college. So you have to go to sort of the black market, uh, ask around, but I'll give you a couple Patreon. Go subscribe to Coach Vass on Patreon and subscribe to Caddy's Cutups on Patreon. You'll get a ton of all 22 there. Um, Vass in particular also will give you access to a lot of tools that like high school coaches use. His Discord is an awesome place. You just watch coaches talk about stuff and, and just through osmosis, you can pick up more than you think. Um, but I think it's really more about wanting to learn that. Uh, and I think like the way people consume football, the way most people consume football is you really just kind of want to know who the good players are. So you got something to bring to the bar stool. Right. Um, and that's okay. And I think if you're it's, and it sounds like you are, if you're like me and you want a little more than that, you want to really understand the ins and outs and, and take a more academic approach to that the hunger to never stop learning is going to be your best asset. You go to coach tube and find stuff, find clinics, um, you know, message me, I'll send you some clinics, Me message me with a position you want to learn about or, or a technique you want to learn about or whatever. And I'll send you, you know, what, what I, what I've learned from. It's also not a bad idea to just start watching all 22. Um, but here's my principle and I'll leave you with this. If I ever look back two years into the past and think, I was pretty smart 
then I don't think I'm learning enough. I should look back at, like, I look at my 2020 draft takes. I was an idiot. Like, I had all kinds of dumb stuff. I always want to look back two years and think, my God, how far I've come since being the kind of guy that essentially looked up, like, PFF stats on Christian Fulton and thought he'd be a stud. (laughs) You know, like what a, what a dumb boy I was. Uh, and I think if you can keep to that pace, understand that it's a long game. You are not going to learn. You're not going to read one book and know stuff, but it's a long game. It's a never ending game. And I think if you can look every two years, look back and say, I have grown so much from what I was then, then I think you're doing good. And just, uh, always be a student. Never stop learning. That's what a lot of coach types have told me, and that's what I'll tell you, dear, dear listener. Um, Tomorrow, we'll we'll catch up on whatever other news stuff we feel like we need to talk about, um, or I don't know, maybe we'll just talk about Jordan Addison. I don't care. (laughs) We'll figure something out. Um, We'll also, of course, keep an eye on stuff. Look, league year's turning over sooner rather than later, so we got to start talking about these free agent classes, too, so we'll get into some of that. I'll see you all for that, and as always, skull. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.